0: Welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin.
1: And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: And today we're going to talk about the tools used for fascial work, specifically fascial work, on our equine and our canine competitors and companions.
1: We started off using our hands, thinking, oh, you know, I'm I'd rather use my hands because I can feel so much more with my hands, and I'll lose touch if I end up using a tool. I won't be able to feel the tissues underneath as well. And by using the tools, we actually learn something completely different.
0: And even though these tools have been around for an amazingly long time, and you can go back into... Hundreds of years ago, it's true that that in many applications, tools were used to help musculoskeletal issues. In our experience, taking a human fascial technique course, we took Rock Tapes course, we were introduced to the science of how you can address fascia through the use of metal tools and actually incorporate that into your overall practice.
1: I think probably the biggest thing we learned uh, through the courses is more of the technique and how to apply it, both through, through the human aspect into the animal world. What we found was how to use the tool to talk to the brain because it's really about communicating through the neurology to the brain, because the brain is what really changes the tissue. Science has found that it takes 2,000 pounds per square inch to make a change in the tissue. That's like parking your truck on yourself. So you're not putting that much pressure through the tissue. That's ridiculous, you're not gonna do that. You're just gonna create bruising, which creates damage to the tissue, which creates a need for more healing. The science, the new science behind fascia work made all the difference in how we use the tools.
0: And so like everything I learn, I go home and apply it to my animals first, to my dogs, to my horses. And it's sort of like, well, Mikey, like this. If I can create a difference in my home, then I can bring it out into the world. And then I can see, does it apply in a universal way? So we started with the idea that using a handheld tool wouldn't necessarily communicate to our brains as well as our own hands were. And that's where we made our first improper hypothesis, because we found that by applying the tool to the skin-hair interface of both the dogs and the horses, we were... So fused with a myriad amount of information that went from our hands up into our brains to then choose the best technique and give the best comfort and results with our animal clients.
1: I think the thing I was amazed with the most is the amount of information that came through that tool. Because when I was using it on an animal, I thought, oh, I need my fingers to feel this. And in reality... With the tool, I felt so much more because as you use the tool, you're gonna feel sometimes like there's sandpaper under the tissue. You're gonna feel sometimes like there's pebbles under the tissue. Sometimes you're gonna feel huge lumps. Sometimes you're gonna feel huge holes. And a lot of those things, I was really surprised I didn't feel with my fingers after using the tool to feel it, then I ran my hand over it and I'm like, wow, I don't feel it as effectively with my hand Is I did with the tool. And I think that surprised me the most.
0: And I think that what we learned was, if you grip a tool correctly, if you hold it in your hand so that it's an extension of your hand and not like you're trying to squeeze the poop out of it, then you actually allow that information to come through. So as everything, there are best practices and ways to do it, and there are ways that are less effective. So how to hold the tool became a really important piece of the practice of using the tool. And then it has its entire unique set of properties in order to use it best, beginning with introducing it to whomever you're going to use it on.
1: And that's a really important point. It's just like introducing yourself to the horse. And I found this in our practice, and in the practice of dealing with animals is a lot of times people come in when they go to work on an animal and there's no introduction. They just walk right up, put their hands in, start poking and prodding. Would you like that if you were in your doctor's office and they didn't even come in, they didn't introduce themselves, they didn't do anything, they just walked right in and stuck a finger in your ear? No. So that's the same way with the animals. You introduce yourself, then I hold the tool up and I let them sniff the tool. I let them put their nose on the tool. I let them lick the tool, whatever it is, but I introduce it to them first. So they're aware of what it is that I'm going to work with them on. And so they're not afraid of it.
0: Reducing threat is always a primary place that healing can begin from. So you always want to introduce the dog, the horse, the cat, whatever creature you're using it on to the tool and have them accept it as something and in with a horse i will often introduce it to them have them see it smell it that's what those big nostrils are for and then act like it's a curry so then it meets them at something that they are familiar with and they can understand that this is something that is non-threatening because it's very difficult to heal if you increase those cortisol levels, and put them in a defensive posture. We're always there to make it the best possible experience.
1: We use rock tape tools. We use them because they were well-developed. They fit your hand really well. Um, It also depends on the size of the animal that you're working on because they have different size tools. They have one tool that's smaller than the other one. I find the smaller tool easier to work with smaller animals. And the larger tool that they have is kind of an oblong, almost rectangular shape, but it's rounded. And if you really take a look at the tool, you'll find that it has a smoother rounded edge. And then it also has a slightly sharper, not really sharp, a slightly sharper edge compared to the rounded edge, which is better for grabbing tissue and holding onto tissue, where the other one's good for gliding and sliding over top of the tissue.
0: And what I find that I enjoy about that is that I can rotate the tool so that it actually would go in between the ribs and fit very nicely, and I can feel the degree of tug or lack. I can feel if there's any sponginess or tautness. All of that communicates up because it contours properly or if I want to go in between the spinous processes down the spine, I can rotate the tool, use a smaller edge and listen to the information that's coming up from the animal to my hands in order to determine, do I want to use a technique for relaxation, for proprioception or awareness to increase glide? to reduce inflammation. What's the technique based on the information I'm gaining and how can I apply that in a way that improves the function of that animal as quickly as possible? And that's something that's really interesting is how fast you get results and the ideal time to use this in a specific area.
1: And some of the old methods, uh, I've had human patients come in black and blue from having certain tools used on them. And what we found is this is not necessary because you're not trying to change the tissue. You're trying to communicate to the brain, which changes your whole mental aspect on how you use the tool and how you function and your intent. It changes your intent because your intent is not to actually make a tissue change by using the tool on the tissue, but by using the tool on the neurology, which the brain then actually makes the change on the tissue. So depth of penetration changes completely with a lot of techniques.
0: So technique-wise, what we have found, and this is going to fascial research conferences, listening to the people who are actually doing the university studies, you know, this is this is science at the cusp of what is available right now in our learning culture, and less is more to a great extent that what you can accomplish in 30 to 60 seconds on an area can be better than using more time on the area, which then the brain can interpret as an insult, and then try to heal. So it can feel great in the moment. And I'm sure some of you out there have had the experience of work feeling fantastic, but the next day and the day after, it either returns or there is uh, some level of discomfort in the area. So rather than focus, we focus globally. As Dave said, we focus on the brain. We also, the words I use for a river runs through it, if we find an area of discomfort, if we find an area of spasm, if we find an area of lack of glide, then we want to connect the dots of that to healthier tissue above and below so the brain starts to allow that movement to come through the tissue and be a part of the overall movement pattern
1: using that tool, you'll find that it's a much easier feel, depending on how you grip the tool. And Wendy talked about this a little bit too. If you really grind and hold it really super tight, all the muscles in your arms tighten up and all the muscles in your hand tighten up, you'll have less feel. So lighter grip on the tool, and how you hold the tool, depending on what area you're working on too, because you also have to think about your safety when using the tool and your positioning because you don't want to hurt yourself using it incorrectly and creating wrist problems or shoulder problems. So how you hold the tool becomes a very important aspect as well, not just for your information, but also for your own personal health.
0: And that reminded me watching Dave demonstrate that you can see gripping the tool hard, he immediately held his breath. And one thing we know in creating relationship with the animals we work with, breathing easily, breathing in a comfortable way, communicates with them. They begin to breathe well. It's soothing. So when you're stressed out or holding something in a tense grip, it does affect your entire physiology, which then affects your quality of treatment. One thing that is also really important to know when you start to investigate using fascial tools on the animals that you have or that are your client's animals is that how you hold the tool, the angle, affects which mechanoreceptors in the hair follicles That you're stimulating in order to get the results you want. So in dealing with pain, we use more of a feathering, very, very, very light technique versus when you're running it down and you're over a tissue and it almost, I always feel like I'm scraping paint off a wall. I get that, you know, that sensation of this is, there is no glide here. This is actually stuck we're gonna use a different type of technique to improve the ability of the body to produce HA and have a fluid mechanism. (coughs) So as you learn more, the ability to take this and run with it and allow your animals to take this and run faster and jump high with it are really limitless.
1: We talk a lot about rock tape tools which are the ones that we use If you look on the mar if you look on Google search, you'll find that there are a number of tools available on the market. There are things that you have around the house. We tell people to you can use you can use a spoon. You can use a curry comb. There's so many things that you can use to replace that tool. I actually had a tool developed. I talked to my farrier and I said, I'd like a tool shaped like a guitar pick. So it's shaped like a guitar pick, but it's smaller than the palm of my hand. I can easily slip it into my pocket and carry it with me wherever I go, and I actually had a tool developed that I like to use sometimes for for different techniques so there's a number of things out there you find what works for you. We like using the rock tape tools because um, it, I think it's well developed it's well made it, it's durable, it lasts it's cleanable, which is really important for us to be able to clean it between horses.:
0: Yes, please, if you're going to use this tool the tools in between every client. You wipe it down, you use your alcohol, Use best practices always. Always keep learning, keep doing the very best you can. You want any more information about this, we're always happy to answer your questions at, on equiline.com or on any of our social media, Equiline and Equiline Canine Travels. We really enjoy communicating with you and welcome you to communicate back with us.
1: We appreciate you listening.
0: I'm Dr. Wendy Corrin.
1: I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. Have
0: an excellent day.